You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by LymeRevive.org. Information and healing for Lyme disease. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant here with Casey Veach, principal with Veach Commercial Real Estate. Thanks for joining us, Casey. How are you doing, Carl? So look, Casey, unlike other guests that I've had, I'm looking at your bio here and you've had one job. So <laughs> is that is that the case or have you actually done done more than uh, the Beach Commercial Real Estate? That's that's a very good question. I guess I'm not as active on LinkedIn as I should be. Yeah, I guess not. Um, but no, what happened was um, I came out of the University of Virginia, didn't really know what I wanted to do. My dad was in commercial real estate at the time, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to uh, come work with him. I, I didn't know what else I was going to do, so I said, great. So in a family business, you kind of get in there. I started doing property management. I did leasing. I did construction management, ran permits at the county, pretty much did everything involved in commercial real estate. But in a family business, of course, as you know, you don't get paid squat. You just kind of do it and, and you're doing it for the family. So I went along and slowly I started morphing into doing commercial real estate deals, specifically office tenants, warehouse tenants, people who needed office space. And I started to find that that was something I really liked to do. So after a while, after my dad went through the very difficult times of the late 80s, early 90s, um, we, we decided that it would be good for me to just branch off and, and do something else. So I went to a, a nice middle-sized firm in the area called the Irving Group. Great group, very involved in the community. Um, really had a good experience there, um, really good people, learned a lot, got to represent a lot of good companies like Web Methods and groups like that that you're very familiar with. And um, around four years into it, they looked like they were going to go through a little transition about maybe potentially being purchased. So I started looking around and Trammell Crow, another great company in the area, um, reached out to me and wanted to recruit me. So I had to make a tough decision because I really love the people at Irving Group, and but Trammell Crow was offering some really nice um, opportunities. So I finally made the decision to go over to Trammell Crow, and it was great. Irving Group treated me very well out the door. They're you know great people. So uh, I was at Trammell Crow for about four years, and we were cruising along in a really nice situation. Enjoyed what I was doing, and then uh, one day uh, they started asking me to. They said they wanted me to move up in the world and deal with the the large companies of the world. And uh, I remember being, I, th- I thought that was nice of them to do, but I really liked the small to medium size and some large on the larger size companies um, that I'd worked with, but I was getting them on my own. And so one day uh, we, they had me in a meeting with a large government contractor who everybody would recognize, and we were pitching it and they wanted me to be the lead. And I started looking at it going, oh boy, I'm not sure if I want to really do this level of, of what's going on because there's a lot of bureaucracy involved. Uh, there didn't seem to be a soul to the deal. There wasn't people, some cared, some didn't. It was just kind of an interesting situation. Fortunately, we did not get the deal. So I went into Trammell Crow to one of the guys, great guy named Joe, who's, who's passed away, unfortunately, but very, very good guy. And I asked him, I said, hey, can you change my splits in the way that we do our business? And he said, look, we have 6,000 employees. I just can't change it for you and others. He said, you know, I, I just um, can't do it. And I, and I said, I respect that, no problem. So I knew at that point I needed to go on because their, their uh, overhead was going to be a little bit too much for me. So I went off on my own and uh, in 2006. And it was great because the people at Trammell Crow let me keep my voicemail, my email for three weeks after I left. They, uh, they, didn't, they threw me a pizza party on the way out the door. It was great. They treated me so well. So in 2006, I started Beach Commercial Real Estate 
And I've been doing the same thing ever since for my whole career, representing tenants in the industry, um, whether it's government contractors or accounting firms or tech firms. I've uh, just been doing that for the last 20 or, well, certainly for most of my career. And it's, it's been a, a, a great uh, time to meet so many different people. It's been awesome. So what our listeners don't know is that I've known you since high school. In fact, yeah. I got to know you playing tennis, I believe. That's true. And, and somewhere along the way, you became a Christian. And I don't know at what point that was because that wasn't part of my life when I was a kid growing up when I knew you in high school. And so what, what point did you come to faith? That, well, it's funny. I, same with me in high school. If you would have asked me if I was a Christian, I would have said yes. But I really didn't know what it meant. Uh, what happened was I was going through a journey. I won't go through my whole testimony here with you, but what happened was I was in a time in my life where I was 27 years old, wasn't really sure. I knew there was a God. I knew somebody, something was out there always looking out, somebody was out there looking over me. But I was always told growing up that you could be a really good person and that's how you get to heaven. So I liked that because I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, didn't do drugs. I'm thinking, oh, I'm good to go. I'm sliding scale. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there. Well, as I was going along, I happened to meet this young lady and she started explaining to me that it's all about grace. Now, I didn't know what grace was about. I always knew you had to work to make it to heaven. I meet this young lady named Lisa, who I ended up marrying. And we also, along the way, started church hopping. And in every church we would go to, because she understood what grace was all about. She had become a believer a year or two before I met her. So when we go to these churches, they were believing churches in the area. And they would always present the gospel. I must have had to hear the gospel, I don't even know how many times before it finally sunk in. Wait a minute. So this guy, Jesus, he died on the cross. I knew that there was something about this. Well, why did he die? Well, it's because all of us are sinners. I kind of, I knew I wasn't perfect. I was far from perfect. And I knew that, that I, I didn't know that I needed that much help, but then I figured out I did. And the reason Jesus had to die was because we were sinful people. This was totally new to me. So when I finally understood that it's all about grace, it's all about Jesus' death on the cross, suddenly the Bible started making sense to me. It started making sense to me that that's why I could never understand where to go next in the Bible. So once I got it, the grace just came over me. And then I became a Christian when I was about 28 years old. I finally got it. I felt stupid. It took me a long time, but I finally got it. Did Lisa explain it to you too? That's a great question. So the answer is yes, she did. But I, when I go backwards, there were multiple people along the way who I know gave me the grace message. To this day, I don't remember it. I can recreate it and remember that we had faith conversations, but I never, ever remember the simple message of it's through grace you are saved. That's not through your works. I don't remember that. And so salvation by grace alone was a, over my head. Never knew it. Well, actually, I, I remember when Lisa, your wife, she wasn't your wife back then, <laughs> came to faith because I was oh, in right. her aerobics class. That's right. She announced it to the class. That's uh, right. So. I forgot about that. That's exactly right. <laughs> she was an evangelist before you were. <laughs> That's true. So, so now um, you're, you're back out in the work world, and, and somehow you've managed to integrate your faith with your work. What does that look like? You know, it can take many different forms. Um, one of the things that was, I'll just talk about one of the things you and I have done together which was back in 1998, was it? Oh, I think we did it yeah, in yeah. 2002. I but thank you. Okay, yeah, you're right. I forgot what year it was. I forget my years. I'm old now. But uh, 2002, um, the people who are listening, um, we had uh, Carl Grant went down to Atlanta. 
and he was asked to go to this high-tech prayer breakfast. So when he was down there, he um, goes to this thing. He says, oh, that's cool. It's a prayer breakfast. I can go down. You know, Carl was a believer. 2,000 people were at this thing. So Carl was very excited, and he came back, and he said, you know what? We can do this up here. And there's, so there's a gentleman named Randy Rowan who Carl worked with, and Randy kept encouraging Carl, we got to do this, we got to do this. So Carl gets a group of us together back in 2002 and says, hey, guys, let's try to do this up here. This is what they do in Atlanta. I think we can do this up here. This very simple premise, we get a, a person in the community, maybe two, who talk about their faith, and they, it could be an apologetic argument. It could be just how they came to faith. could be how they integrate their faith and work, kind of what Carl's doing here. And you just invite your friends to come. And we're now up to consistently 900 people a year that come to this thing and multiple different messages have gone out. And because of the nature of the, of the breakfast, because it's very business oriented, I get to invite my clients, my friends, everybody around here. And we get to see a, a, just a, a wide variety of people that attend this breakfast and it integrates our faith and people are praying at the breakfast together, people are, are hearing the gospel that are, that are there. So it, it automatically integrates faith with work, just that one event alone. And there's a real estate prayer breakfast as well. Did you have a hand in help in that? There started? was. So what happened was from the high-tech prayer breakfast, one of the gentlemen who was with us went to start the real estate prayer breakfast. Early on, I did go along with them. Um, to help them get going. And I did buy tables. Not nearly as, in, it's ironic that the real estate guy is more involved in the high-tech prayer breakfast than he is in the real estate prayer breakfast. I probably go every other year, but they also draw about 900 people a year. And it's also very, it's a very wide variety because it's not just commercial real estate. It's also a lot of residential real estate is there as well. And they also, it's been a great, great um, experience. And thanks to Carl, who brought it up here to begin with, which is awesome. But this is about you. It's not about me. And, and so what other things do you do uh, in your day-to-day -day work to integrate your faith? Uh, do, do you find connections through your faith? Do you, some of our um, guests have prayed for clients. Uh, do, do you do any of that? What do you do? So for me, it's very simple. I, I'm always looking for openings to talk about faith. Just this morning, I was on the phone with a group from Seattle who was asking me to help them in D.C. And one of the people on the phone happened to be from D.C., so as we're talking on the phone, I happened to bring up a church in Maryland that she knew. And I wanted to find out. I did it for two reasons. One, because I know it's a very solid believing church. I want to put that, the name of that church out there. I also want to see the reaction of the person to see whether they're a believer or not. And if they're not, then the conversation can go one way and we can talk about maybe um, what their situation is with their life or maybe with, with their faith. If they are um, a believer then guess what? Maybe that's the church they go to, or maybe we just share some other things. They could be a high-tech prayer breakfast participant or just other, I might plug them into other things in the community. So I'm going to talk about something a little bit more personal here. I, I remember when your mother passed away, mm -hmm. and I, I, that was one of the most evangelical um, services I had ever been to. You, you, you turned what could have otherwise been a pretty sad um, ceremony into um, something that was very valuable for the people that attended. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was, um, what's very ironic about that is my mom was very young when she had me. She was 19 and she got pancreatic cancer and died at 60. Very fortunately, she professed her faith about a year and a half before she passed away. And that was just a very, very peaceful feeling and just such a great feeling that God gave me and revealed that to me. And not only did he reveal it to me, because she wasn't 
as evangelicals, she had some doubts, which all of us do, but God showed me in a couple of different conversations that she was clearly a believer when she passed. So I knew where she was going. So at the, um, at the funeral, I knew there were a lot of people there that clearly had my friends that came, but also her friends and my dad's friends who were there at the ceremony that I knew did not know who Jesus was. They might know by culture, but they didn't understand like I did who Jesus really was. So God gave me that opportunity to get up there in front of that group and share what who Jesus really is and how he is the ultimate life giver and how my mom was a party person, but my mom wasn't making the guest list for heaven. That only Jesus is making that guest list and all of us have the opportunity to go. If we just go to him and ask him, he will get us into heaven. That's all it takes. And so I was able to convey that message and it was very odd because even though it was a very sad occasion, it was also, you get as close to God as probably as I've ever been because of that opportunity and what God laid out for me there. Have you experienced God's sense of humor? Does he have a sense of humor? God does have a sense of humor, number one. So it's a sense of humor that took me 28 years of a so-called smart guy who you know, understands things and has a lot of friends or whatever, can't get the biggest friend you can ever have is Jesus, and you don't get that? I think that's pretty funny for me that I, that I look stupid there. So, Casey Veach, thank you for joining us today. I'm Carl Grant with Faith at Work. Join us on Facebook at Faith at Work Radio and follow us on our podcast, yes, uh, available on all major podcasts. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant, brought to you by LimeRevive.org. I gotta have faith, faith, faith.